This is Together 24-7, episode 100. 100. Unbelievable. I have a great new idea for a new contest. I know you do. Tell me about it. Okay, so we want to promote you guys, our listeners, and we want to promote your business. So what do you win in this contest? You win a commercial on our podcast that'll be run for four straight Monday episodes. And it's really forever because like embarrassing pictures on Facebook, it's going to be forever like on a podcast. And you can enter in one of three ways. Way number one is to go to iTunes, rate and review us, take a screenshot of your rate and review and email it to us. And the next way is either in iTunes or Google Play Music, subscribe to our podcast. And again, take a screenshot showing that you subscribe to it and email us. The email address is info, I-N-F-O, at together247.net. The third way to enter is to go to the website, www.together247.net, and sign up for our newsletter. So go ahead, enter the contest, and keep your fingers crossed, because we know somebody's going to be a winner each and every month. Good luck. Welcome to Together 24-7, the show that talks to entrepreneurial couples about their business lives, their personal lives, and how to balance both without driving each other crazy. Here's your hosts, Barry and Catherine Cohen, showing how you can be business partners with your sweetheart and sweethearts with your business partner. Barry and Catherine have been married since 1996, in business together since 2003, and have survived to talk about it. And welcome to episode 100 of Together 24-7. Hello, Catherine. Hello, Barry. We're up to episode 100. Yay! You know what that means? What? We've been doing this for a year. We've been doing this for a year. That's Absolutely. Awesome. I know. And we've built up a great fan base, great audience. We uh, did. The listeners are fantastic. It's been so much fun. It has been fun. We've been, we over that year, we uh, started teaching other people how to podcast, and now we do that, and... Uh, we've got fans and we've got people who recognize us because our logo is really cute. It, it's, adorable, it's adorable, especially the bald guy. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> today we have logo. today we have Nancy and Chris Desmond of Memory Web. This is this is a pretty interesting uh, little 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 gig you got going on there. Thanks. Over at Thank Memory you. Web, uh, Nancy and Chris are out of Chicago, Illinois. How's the pizza these days? Oh, Not New York. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, that'll be a separate podcast. That'll be a whole then. separate podcast. <laughs> Which pizza's better? Anyway, pizza. That's the pizza that's better. Pizza is the pizza that's better, I think. Don't you agree, Bear? I refuse to answer on the grounds that I might insult our guests. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> go ahead. We will not be insulted. My mom was actually from New York. All right. All right. So, and then, of course, none of those pizzas are like anything you get in Italy. So, that's a whole nother story. So, Nancy, when you're not in the office or on the baseball fields che- cheering your boys on, you like bike riding. I do. Um, I love that. And, and then that clears out your mind and you start thinking of new features for memory web. It, you know, it's great. You know, sometimes I get caught in my head quite a bit and being able to go out there and just kind of just reorganize things and, uh, you know, get some fresh air. It just changes my perspective and I solve a lot of problems out on the bike. That's, that's cool. And, um, does the, does the swallowing of the gnats wake you up? (laughs) Isn't that just protein though for you? It does. It's good. It keeps me going and energized. It's that energy protein. You gotta, you you gotta swallow a lot of gnats, uh, not the occasional gnat. Um, and, and, you are the founder and chief memory officer of Memory Web, 
And Chris, you are crazy organized. Um, I didn't write that part, but Nancy did. But it's probably because I, I am sometimes. <laughs> I'm going to guess there's another term that Nancy wanted to use yes. other than crazy organized. organized that's right. my guess. Barry, that's a very fair point. <laughs> You get great joy from curating uh, historic family photos and new family photos. You are a diehard Chicago Cubs fan. Come I'm out waiting here. for it, New Yorkers. What is it on the Cubs? Go for it. Um, no, no. We're, know, we grew up, Barry and I grew up as Mets fans, and now we're Diamondbacks fans. So we're, we feel the same. Yeah. We're still in the same toilet. Not yeah. as bad as the Cubs, though. How many years has it been? <laughs> oh, it's a century or so. It doesn't really matter. Hey, look, if Boston can do it, anybody can do it. Just, That's why we took all the Boston people over to Chicago. That's it. I, I would the dream again. I would, uh, I would go polling in Boston and see exactly the terms and conditions of the contract deal that they made with the devil <laughs> to beat the Yankees and go on to win the World Series. It might not be that bad for you guys, you know. <laughs> we are. We are. Uh optimistic in a good way but um as as fans of a team that's had the longest probably drought in sports history um you know you go on a little bit of a losing streak and the world's going to end and you throw your season away and say can't wait till next year so it's it's not until the very end that last out would any cubs fan be jumping for you know joy yet so basically around April 30th or so, they just start throwing in the towel. No, 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 no. Yogi Berra said it best. It ain't over till it's over. So and This we... year, they, they're doing pretty good. This year, they got the best record in baseball. Yeah. But again, it's the all-star break. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> and you have transferred your love of baseball to Nancy and your two boys. You guys do have two boys. You're a fly fisherman. And hopefully someday you and the family will go down to the Amazon River in Brazil, do a little fishing down there. Watch out for the piranhas, all I'm saying. And the Amazon women. And Xena and, and stuff. Xena and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> totally different, but that's okay, honey. Um, you are a founder, advisor, and uh, a keen photographer. I would think so with, a, with Memory Web and what the business is all about. And Nancy and Chris, you guys are looking forward to the next 20 years when... Memory Web captures that evidence of your son's antics. Um, yeah, boys. Hmm. Underwear makes an awesome hat. Tell us a little bit about that. That sounds like fun. Oh, that's you. You you had that somewhere. Where was that? Well, I actually, uh, with a few of my friends who also have boys, we started a joint album on Memory Web, and it's called Living With Boys. And so things such as them coming downstairs wearing underwear on their head and dancing around and also leaving uh, or even things like changing the um, bathroom toilet paper, which means just basically throwing it on the ground and walking away. Uh, we have photo evidence that we are all sharing across an album together. And then with uh, baseball, they tend to have to wear certain gear and where those cups end up around the house, you just shake your head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've got nothing. And, and, <laughs> and another reminder as to why we have cats. So you guys have been married 20 years. You've got two boys. Are they involved in the business at all? Are they curious or, or you know, do they help in any way, shape or form? You know, the funny thing is that they're surprisingly interested in the business, even though they're only 10 and 12. And we do talk to them, you know, about what we're doing because, you know, they see it. We they live it and breathe it with us. And 
Also, our oldest has an iPhone, so he has it on his phone and he loves looking at the memories. And they ask a lot of really, really good questions. And sometimes they come up with some really funny assumptions, too. Uh, one night we were having dinner and we have a rule that we never answer the phone during dinner. And so the phone was ringing and ringing and ringing. And finally, after the last ring completed, our youngest looked over and said, hey. And uh, he's like, oh, that was Google. They were going to buy your business, but you didn't pick up the phone. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's hysterical. We, I mean, all, we all left uh, for a while on that one. And then you went and checked voicemail and the phone number just to make sure. And is that the same one that keeps his underwear on his head? Yeah, <laughs> for yes. sure. Okay. Okay. He's that's the one that's... that uh, I think the whole, you know, keeping those photo memories is that's great blackmail for when they get married because all this stuff is just going to be absolute gems. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially if the future wife has not much of a sense of humor. Oh, you're talking. To, you're talking specifically about your nephew and his wife, and I don't really care that I'm mentioning it on the podcast because I don't think that he's listening to it. But if he is, hi, Evan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all of that embarrassing stuff comes back, and it is great fodder for the rest of the family. That's right. That's right. So tell us how how did you start your business together? Why did you guys decide to go into business together? Good question. Um, so you mentioned that I love to archive and and you know digitize and take photos. And around the holidays, you know, we kind of break out the you know family albums and you go through those. And um, one particular holiday season, one of my uncles came across an archive of photos, really old photos um, that were passed down through the generations of family. So like they were the original copies. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make some digital copies of them. So I decided to scan them. What was really cool is that on the back of the photos, they had some rich information. They had, you know, who was in the photo, where it was located, and maybe a story about, you know, the contents of the photo. So I wanted to merge that information or bring that into the digital copy. So here I am scanning the photos. And when you scan a photo, it just has a scan date. And so I was trying to type it, all this information, in the title of the actual file. You know, when you have a you know, JPEG file, you can change the file name. Now I was doing that, but I was running out of character space. And I'm like, well, this sucks. So I went and we were looking online to say, well, what, what was there an option that you can go and do this? And there are services out there and we were looking at them. But when we were trying to figure out one where you, you know, put all this rich information into um, the photo, they kind of owned your photo. It wasn't yours. Like you couldn't take it out with all that information in it. And it was really frustrating because our goal is, you know, when you do this archiving or you want to just have, you know, your old photos or even your new photos with this rich information, you want to make sure you have it in a place that you can have it forever or at least for generations to come. And we couldn't find a solution. And so we decided, you know what, maybe we should do it ourselves. And we looked into it. And that's when we developed and started MemoryWeb. That, that is, I think, the way so many businesses start. I know it's how Barry and I started uh, two of our companies. Two of our companies. It's like, okay, everything out there sucks. Let's go do it ourselves and let's go do it better. So that's that's pretty fascinating with uh, with getting that up there and out of sheer frustration. So very cool on that. And have either of you been entrepreneurs in the past, either together or separately? Yeah, we um, we both have. You know, for me, it started when I was a kid. And so here's the baseball theme again. I used to collect baseball cards and trade them. Then later on, um, when I became, you know, went to college, 
um, one of my uncles taught me how to, you know, do fix up stuff and paint. I started my own painting company and that was really successful and had a lot of good money in high school and college, you know, for that reason. Um, when I graduated with my MBA, um, went out and worked from one of the big four companies and then, um, actually started my own consulting firm with another, you know, a couple partners and that turned out to be really successful. And we were acquired a, a few years ago by another larger consulting firm. And then, uh, you know, Nancy also had some entrepreneurial background with a company called Katie Mine. I did. And then I also, even before that, I had started once we had our uh, first baby, I did my own consulting business for a few years before, just a few years before I went to um, help the uh, startup business called Katie Mine. And they were building an online database of intellectual property information and were starting from scratch. So that was a really, really cool project. And I realized that I actually do like starting something from the very beginning and kind of having control of how to shape it. It was really fun. So tell us then, when you two decided you had some businesses separately, you're doing your own thing, have a couple kids in there, throw some underwear on their head, blah, blah. <laughs> when did you like look at each other and decide, hey, you know what, we could go into business together and it might not ruin the relationship? <laughs> You know, it, it, it's funny when, uh, you know, you kind of put things in that perspective and you think about well, why, why would we have done that if that could have been a possibility? And it kind of goes back to actually when we were dating in college and getting to know each other. And I was an RA, uh, or at least I was, a you know, an RA applying to become um, a counselor at the university and you have to, you know, put essays together. And when I was doing that, I, you know, thought I was, a, you know, I'm a business student. I know what I'm doing. And then, and I said, hey, Nancy, do you mind, you know, taking a look at my application? And she ripped it apart. <laughs> I mean, just, and I'm sitting there going, are you kidding me? I, this was brilliant. I wrote this. I'm in business. And she's an English major. And oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden I stepped back and initially my thoughts were, really, you're going to rip my work apart? And then I'm like looking at this and saying, she's genius. She's right. And, and at that moment, like from the very early you know, stages of our relationship, I realized that, you know what, each of us are going to have our own strengths and things that are in our own wheelhouse or our own craft. And you got to respect that. And you actually, you got to actually go to the other person and kind of go and say, hey, does this make sense? And be willing to accept their opinion and their feedback. And it was that moment that we started to always build our relationship that way. But it's having respect for each other's things that they're really good at. And so for us to say, could we do something in a business sense? When you already have that, you know, I would say platform established, it makes it so much easier versus one that you don't. So that's a great segue. Nancy, tell me a little bit about um, who does what and how that was decided. It was decided way back when in college. So you're college sweethearts. We are. Aww. Aww. Hugs. <laughs> Hugs. <laughs> but more importantly, Nancy was right. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> really, you don't, I mean, I, I don't want to say anything about Chris because he's our guest and everything, but you don't defer to the English major? Come on, if you're writing something. Well, you know, a sense of pride you have, yep, especially yep. when you're 19 years old, but then it, to, to realize, oh my gosh, I just got served and <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and I, and like, I it. like it. Okay, you know what? That's a whole nother show. I can go ahead and refer you over to those. No, anyway. Uh, yes. <laughs> So, Nancy, tell us about how you guys divided up the, the tasks of this and uh, who does what and how do you check in with each other? You know, uh, we it seems like we just naturally fell into kind of our, uh, our wheelhouse. I usually do the writing and the communications and the marketing and that type of area. 
And Chris really has been the person who's focused on like the business operations and strategy, just because that's something he has the most experience in. And he also gets the most joy out of it. Uh, There's really nothing that we don't both have some kind of role in. Um, I might take the primary and he looks at something like if I design a new feature, he'll be the first person to test it out once we actually implement it. Um, And we also have a third partner who's another co-founder who is our technology guru. Um, We can both spell technology and we're we're smart enough in it, but he is really an amazing um, engineer and architect. And so we call him our code boss. So we all work really, the the good news is that Mike, who's our technology partner, and I worked together at Katie Mine, the other company before. um, So we already knew that we could work really well. And Chris and Mike had worked together before too. So the three of us really just kind of fall into our own roles and then there's also that kind of gray area where none of us have ever done anything before. And so we just kind of all talk and figure out who would be the best person to try something and see if that's something that we're going to you know, do going forward or somebody else would take over the role. So do you guys have any employees or is it just the three partners? So it's the three partners, but we've been really fortunate. Um, we have virtualized a team. That was one of the things for us that was really important early on because we're a bootstrap startup um, is to keep our costs down, especially as we're growing and getting the word out there. And so we found a fantastic group of resources. I'm here locally in Chicago, and we've actually got a team overseas in Croatia that's been doing a lot of coding for the um, the actual app itself for us. Now, and, 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 I have, and I have a point to this because it's like an off-topic question, but I do have a point. Go for it, babe. I know, I know. Because it's, it's the three of you, and, and actually uh, Barry and I uh, have a company that, uh, that we have a third partner with. So this is, this is really important for our listeners. So I'm glad you're playing along with me. <laughs> you're not giving them a choice. I, well, yeah, yeah. well, you could edit it out, I guess. But anyway, so tell us a little bit about how that united front of the three of you, or, you know, as couples, the two of you, because you have that, you know, the personal relationship and you don't want to bring that in. And I think Barry asks questions on that later, but tell us how that united front plays a role. And I'm going to guess, I know it's an important role to the people that are, um, are working with you to your, uh, to your virtual team. Sure. And I think it goes back to making sure everybody knows what their roles are. And each of the roles are separate and distinct. It's not as if there's a direct overlap. And so with Nancy being marketing, myself being business relations and designing a bit of the UI, and then Mike being code boss, back-end architecture, we kind of know what's in each other's wheelhouses. But it's more because we've worked in the business world so much already, um, and we have um, a respect for how you present ideas, how you give constructive feedback to ideas, and then making sure that the team comes to a resolution. Those are like critical points that you need to have in a business working relationship. Because if you don't, or if you haven't done that before, it's it's um, it could be a recipe for disaster. And so having that respect and ability to actually provide the feedback and trust to each other's um, points, because, you know, there's times you're going to disagree. But what happens when you disagree? Do you actually come to a resolution or you walk away saying, that's it, they're wrong and we're done? Or do you say, you know what, you might be right. Let's give it a go. Or, you know, can we tweak it a certain little way here? Because that actually may may work out and let's let's go on that journey together to see if that makes sense or to see how we need to modify things in the future. So the respect thing is huge. Thanks for sharing that. 
And you, you mentioned, you know, that you have disagreements, but I want to know what your biggest entrepreneurial disagreement has been and how'd you work through it? And that's between, you know, that's between Nancy and Chris, not, not Mike. We're taking Mike out of the equation here. Unless they adopted <laughs> him or something. We'll take Mike out. You know, it, it actually, um, the biggest entrepreneurial disagreement we had happened um, right when we were married. And, and then, you know, you probably heard me say, I've, you know, I've always excited about kind of startup ideas and startup companies. And the brainchild I had at one point in time is that Nancy and I, one of our hobbies is antiques and, you know, finding antiques, going to antique shopping all over the world. And then I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if there was some online antique company that somehow organized every antique store in the world and had stuff on there? So kind of like an eBay meets Craigslist. And initially it sounded like kind of a good idea, but then I kept on taking it to the next level. I said, let's do it. Let's develop it. And started going down the path, and to me, I'm like, cool, let's do it. And I'm working at the kitchen table, and Nancy kind of looks at the things and evaluates things and kind of says, and, and, and all of a sudden I realized she wasn't at my meeting that I was having at the kitchen table. And what we came to realize is that Nancy was, again, much smarter than I was and came to the realization that this isn't a good idea, but we didn't have the frank conversation of it wasn't a good idea and why. And it took us a little bit while to figure that out. And for me, I've kept on going. I even spent $500 getting a guy to help develop the initial website. And then the, uh, it occurred to me that it wasn't a good idea. We would not have the resources or ability to have someone go out to all these different stores, organize them, catalog them. But it was because I was so passionate and excited, I didn't see that for a while. And when I finally did, we had a great conversation and we realized, you know what, let's make a pack. When we realize that something's not going to work or something doesn't make sense, let's actively talk to each other about it because that way we don't have to have maybe major disagreements or things that we spend our time, money, especially our precious time together, working through when we shouldn't. And so since that time, that's kind of the way we operate and it's made a lot easier as opposed to just saying, hmm, I'll just let them go on their own and figure it out. I'm disappointed. Why huh? Why are you disappointed? Because I was expecting to hear dishes flying and, and knives getting pulled out of the <laughs> Not cabinet. everyone is me. Oh. <laughs> so that was like a nice disagreement. It, it, was, it was a good But I, I want you, you know what I noticed? So here's something very interesting. Nancy said it was a, not a, she didn't say it was a bad idea. She said it was not a good idea. But Chris then later said, and when I realized it wasn't a good idea, so it was still Chris's idea that it was a bad idea. Well, it was, Chris, it was Chris's idea can we, that it can was. We rewind a, that. Make sure that's what was said here. <laughs> it was Chris's idea that that he, it was Chris's realization uh, that that Nancy was right. So, did that carry over into your personal life? Um, you know, it was at the kitchen table after all. Was that after dinner or was that during dinner? Well, it's usually after dinner, after we clean up, and then I realized that I was at the kitchen table and she was in the other room, and I think she was watching, you know, some show which we, you know. Usually we're chatting or having a glass of wine. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. We're not together and I'm working on this. And she doesn't have that same passion I have right now and working on this right now. And it just didn't make sense. And I had to you know, put the pieces together. And Nancy's like, yeah, this, this is just not going to work, this idea. And we had a good, con frank conversation. And the TV went off, of course. So, yeah. so that means it wasn't Shark Tank. So that's yeah. Otherwise, that stays. <laughs> I think on. it was the X Files back then. Ah, oh, that was a while that was ago. A good, that yeah. was a good long yeah. while ago. But I, ha I have to admit, you know, as you're telling the story, Chris, 
I'm thinking that was that's a pretty good idea. That's a cool idea. You know, have all the antique stuff online and then, you know, defer let's all defer to Nancy again, but she thought it through. And and that's probably one of the biggest things that you've got to do as an entrepreneur is to think everything through and think through all the things that you've got to do because the minute you said I realized there was no way to go to all these antique stores and, you know, and, and categorize everything. And I was just thinking my father-in-law uh, had, when he had a really huge practice, um, one of his clients is a big antique dealer in New York. And how many floors were in that brownstone bear? I think it was a six floor, six floor brownstone. Yeah. And every floor is filled with antiques. I mean, like tons and tons. I've been there once or twice. It's like a museum, but I, you're absolutely right. In just one place, I cannot imagine. Uh, all of them. All of them. And then you deal with all of these smaller places that, you know, so, that call themselves antique shops that are then really, you know, junk stores. Who knows? So, so once again, Nancy was right. The theme of this interview is Nancy, Nancy is was right. right. Oh, I, I thought that I thought we were just coming to the conclusion that this is a great idea and we need to get the antique idea going again. No, no, no. In fact, I just took. In fact, when you see this episode online, it's not going to be Chris and Nancy Desmond of Memory Web. It's just going to be titled Episode 100. Nancy, Nancy is right. Nancy. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's this fair. is the best Friday ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you, you, now now let's let's go to the other side of this. Tell me what are the, some of the joys that you experience living and working together? Some of the joys, you know what it is? It, it, one of the things that happened, so we didn't really get into memory web at all as far as what it does and how it does the photo archiving, but I'll give it up maybe get No, I want you know. to we want you to tell us how how memory web works and tell us a little bit more about the business as we as we find out some of the joys. Sure. Great lead in. I like that. <laughs> so for example, um, just, just, we just uh, had the 4th of July here in the U S and we take a lot of photos and I got a notification from my memory of account saying all the photos that I've taken over 4th of July since the beginning of time for our family. And all of a sudden there were certain memories that happened during that time where one of our guys, um, you know, either took, you know, took his first steps or learned how to ride a bike and we forgot about that. And those memories were pushed to me. And so on my phone, um, I have over 59,000 photos. So stop for a moment and say, how many times have you had your phone where you've taken a photo and it says storage full? Like that's like, you know, the, the, the blue screen of death for computer folks. And if you were able to have all of those photos in your phone with less than 1% of memory, how awesome would that be? And now having your archive of photos pushing things to you when they're relevant. So getting back to how it relates to our family, get personal joy when we have these memories being pushed to our own family. So like it's built for our own personal joys. And then we share stories with our kids and saying, oh my gosh, you got to check this photo out. This was taken nine years ago when you fell down the driveway when you thought you were the coolest kid in the world and you broke your collarbone. And then the picture of the kid in the sling or some other crazy thing that's happened. And what it does is it allows you to enjoy all of your photo archives privately and then share them as you deem you know fit. And that alone has caused our family a lot of joy in how we've actually enjoyed the product that we've built. And what about the the day-to-day -day operations with you and Nancy? What what's that like? What's what's the joy of of doing that together? 
So I think for us, you know, we've both had really long careers in different industries and doing different things before we worked together on MemoryWeb. And I think for me, the thing that brings me the greatest joy is it's always so nice when, you know, Chris would have something in his economic consulting background, you know, a big victory where he, you know, did a presentation and it was well received or he got an industry award or something happened on my side. Um, and we both really celebrated those things. But I think it is so different when you do something day in and day out together and you're both invested in something with your heart and soul and then something amazing happens. I think that you're able to understand, enjoy and celebrate that on such a deep level um, that you're really connected in a way that you never were before. And I love that part of it. And Chris, I want to go back to, um, you know, the description of memory web and, and how it's kind of pushing the memories over to you. You guys have been in business two years. Tell me the truth. Did Facebook just steal your idea? <laughs> well, if everybody kept all of their photos with Facebook, then it'd be a little bit more challenging. But the majority of people in the world do not use that as their photo archive. They do not upload every single photo they have to Facebook to say, you know what? I trust Facebook to keep my photos private for me and for my generations to come. Well, not only that, Facebook also stopped there, um, they they used to have it so it automatically uploaded the phone the photos from your phone. They stopped doing that. Now I'm talking about that new memory thing that sometimes they're very annoying. Yeah. That they that the new memory push. So you guys do a memory push, but it's not annoying because it's not a post. It's this is what Fourth of July has looked like for you and your family for the last however many years. Exactly, and 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 um, it's that's just. I'm sorry, were you asking a question? No, I was saying that's sweet. It is. And the thing is, is that everybody has their photos in different places and, you know, different generations, you know, house their photos in different ways. But at the end of the day, any, any family has large volumes of photos and they all have the same goal. They want their photos in one place. They want it to be organized for them because most people have not organized it for them. They want it to be able to navigate it and find photos on a whim. And there really isn't something that has been out there to allow you to do that. And that's what we created. And we've created some really cool things and technology um, with that. I mean, for example, one of the things we developed are called um, interactive dot tags through our dot tag technology. And if you think about that story I gave about archiving the old family photos, think about people, locations, collections, and Imagine if those were navigational, meaning if you're looking at a photo and you saw a person's name and then you selected the person's name, it then takes you to every photo that has ever been taken with that person. And then you see photos with more dot tags. The whole thing, like memory web, is webbing your memories together. And it's a really cool way to think about having all of your stuff together and organized for you so that you can surf it and enjoy it. That, that is awesome. And I think we're probably going to be signing up as soon as we get off of this interview. Yeah, I, I got a lot of pictures and I have a lot of cousins. Oh, you got a lot of cousins. I do have a lot of cousins. <laughs> now tell me, guys, um, what are one or two things that you do to separate your family time from your business time? That, and that's a great question. Um, it's something that we have really – we struggled with at first and then I think we figured out a good formula where – we would get so excited about all these ideas and things that we were working on that we would stay up until midnight, one o'clock in the morning, working on new things and talking about things and then realize that we were really running on empty <laughs> for sleep. And so 
when also we just needed some downtime as a couple. And so we put a rule in place that we really try not to talk business after a certain point of time in the night, unless there's something really big and pressing, you know, since we're entrepreneurs, you have to be able to do that. But we really, as a rule, try not to talk business after about nine o'clock at night. And then when it comes to date night, we try to make it a rule that we do not talk business to. That's our time to go out and have some fun. And occasionally we will come up with an idea on the fly, but we do try to talk about those things later on and just enjoy each other's company. Agreed. Awesome. And that, that's some great advice for our listeners too. make sure you do have separation in there. Now, are either of you or both of you reading any books now or in the past that have helped your business along that you found some really great sage advice in there and you'd like to let our listeners know what they are? Yeah, I, I love to read different business books personally. And probably the one I'm, I'm enjoying rereading actually is uh, Ben Horowitz. The Hard Things About Hard Things. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that one. I have um, But the way he brings in rap lyrics tied to true <laughs> business leader tips for CEO-like leaders with real examples, um, I love it. In fact, you know, we, we both, you know, it's one of our favorite books that we actually talk about and give to other folks as well. You know, like you might have that one book that you recommend. That's been one of ours because it's so true to business, but the guy is just so down to earth and the examples and stuff he gives, you laugh out loud. In fact, I laughing out loud on a plane heading over to Tokyo and the people next to me thought I was, something's wrong. <laughs> well, I'm sure there was something wrong. Just the book happened to enhance it. <laughs> <laughs> I could see a new title for the show now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So if you could give our listeners just one piece of advice, what would it be? I think the one thing we would tell your listeners is if they're able to do it, and we realize not everybody is in a position to do it, but if you can, bootstrap your business because it gives you so much more control over what you're doing and how you do it and when you do it. And it's honestly a decision we've been thankful for every single day. Bootstrap, are you saying bootstrap as opposed to investors? Oh, correct. Yes. So okay. if you can finance the majority of it yourself. Yeah, because I think the business that we're dealing with is, is could be, you know, you, you mentioned who our you know, competitors are like a Facebook or a Google out there. I mean, we're dealing with monster companies. We're not, um, we're not just, you know, starting up a, a painting company. This is something that there's, there's going to be potentially a large volume of, of users and costs coming up and down the line. Um, where a lot of folks would seek um, external investors or funding rounds, and we've held back. That's the way we start our businesses as well. I have a problem with trying to start a company with an investor, even though they say they'll be silent partners. Uh, you, you know they never are. <laughs> that, that's very true. So if you can bootstrap that business, figure it out. And there are so many, if I may interject, there are so many creative ways of funding, financing, getting things done that we don't think of. Um, and, and probably because Barry and I have been in the barter industry for um, too long. Years. Too long. Um, you know, you don't, most people don't think about that. Trading goods and services or, you know, doing something a little bit different. So that's a great idea. Bootstrapping your business. That's amazing advice. And if you think it's all about figuring out where the money is going to come from, Think a little deeper on that one because it's it's not just about money. Yep. 
so fun. I want to go into the food round. Do you guys have like a lot of good pictures in your memory web account of food? You know, that's a great question because um, one of the things that we use memory web for is um, family recipes and dealing with how, you know, certain things like, you know, Nancy has some, you know, cookie recipes that, you know, is from um, her her, uh, Oma her grandma's side and you know being able to say when the kids go who is that we can then show pictures of the people right there and then to make the you know make it come to life so food then is important yes yes very important yeah we <laughs> there, there were cooking. a lot of you yeses know what, going on interesting is that when you when you when you talk about cooking and maybe you go to someone's house for a dinner how the couples interact when they cook together is a great indication of how their relationship works or even how they would run a company together. Because if you had one person dominating everything in cooking and the other person did nothing, well, that would be a great indication of maybe how they run things in their relationship. If they work together and they actually communicate well and they actually have, you know, know what their tasks are, what they're, what they're going to take the lead on via entree or side dishes and how they coordinate together could be a great sign of, hey, they got a, maybe a good marriage or a good way to work together or they can run a good company together. And so that's, that's kind of how we do things in our house where one of us will take the lead in doing an entree. Another one would take the lead in a side dish. And we all have our, our specialties that we like to cook up. That was an amazing segue to the rest of this this section. So thank you for that, Chris. Well, wait a second. I have to interject. So if one person in the couple loves to cook and is a pretty decent cook and the other one burns water, what does that mean they're going to do in their business? Every other day, you're going to just drink water. (laughs) Burnt water. Burnt water. (laughs) No, actually, um, we both love to cook. And here's the other part. If someone makes something like when you have experimental cooking night and we vote on it as a family, it'll make the list of future recipes or not. So it's giving feedback that's honest, going back to some of the earlier stuff on one's cooking. And so you kind of have to work at perfecting your recipes or if you're taking an old family recipe, making sure that you get it right. That is an interesting way of looking things. So looking at things. So I'm not even going to ask you the second part of this question. I'm not even going to allow you to talk about your favorite restaurant. I just want to know what is your favorite meal to cook together as a family? Hmm. I think it's for me, I usually do a side dish because Nancy's got some really awesome entrees. Unless it's on the barbecue, I'll do the barbecue. But I do a side dish and I do a, a tableside Caesar salad. It's a recipe that I've liberated from a restaurant in Seattle called El Gaucho that they do an amazing tableside Caesar. And I've perfected that. Nancy will be like sous chef and she'll, you know, help put all the ingredients together because I kind of don't like getting garlic in my fingers. <laughs> And then, uh, and then she might make homemade meatballs or um, you know another dish. I don't know if there's one that comes to mind for you. I think fish. You know, we Ooh, we yeah. do a really good fish that is stuffed with citrus and celery, and that's that's one of the ones. The kids actually will eat fish. They love it. They will eat pretty much any kind of fish, of course, and also the really expensive ones like lobster too. But we have those rarely. Um, but it's uh, it's one of our favorites, and I love making it. All right, so. Barbecue, fish, side dishes, and a really incredibly awesome Caesar salad. I love Caesar salad. You don't like Caesar it's salad. It's green. Green food I don't do. Yeah. <laughs> green food. <laughs> Last question in the food round. 
red, white, or beer? I'm going to have to go with white. uh, And that's only I do enjoy white, but it's also because I get headaches with the red, unfortunately. All right. I'm a I'm a red guy. Love uh, Riojas from Spain, Malbecs from Argentina, and probably California cabs. But sometimes I'll do a red zin. So like red zins. Does that mean there's always two open bottles of wine in your house? Yeah. Often, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> well, it's the same I, with us. We just we well, just, ours aren't tip, aren't really technically open. They're empty. They're empty, right? <laughs> Are they open who, right now? Who who recorks a bottle? I don't know. I see those things in the store and I just don't understand them. I don't get it. You open the (laughs) bottle, you finish a bottle. That's the way it works. That's right. And we're going to go ahead and take a quick break now for our commercials, give some love to our sponsors, and we'll be right back with the pet peeve of the day. Hey, everybody. We know you love audio. Why else would you be listening to this podcast? Through audible.com, together 24-7 listeners can get a free audio book that's a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash together. Again, the website is www.audibletrial.com slash together. Listeners, you have a business. You need a website. There are a million choices out there, so where do you turn? Well, HostGator.com has one-click WordPress installs, or you can use their drag-and-drop website builder. They also have service and support available around the clock every day of the year, so you know you're in good hands. They already have low prices, and now HostGator.com has taken it a step further for our listeners. Use promo code TOGETHER247 to get 25% off their hosting services. Don't wait. Hit pause now and sign up at HostGator.com. Unless you're driving, then wait till you get where you're going. Remember, use promo code TOGETHER247 to get an additional 25% off at HostGator.com. Welcome back. It's time for the pet peeve of the day, Catherine. You know it's my favorite time of day. I know it's your favorite time of day. And uh, Chris has a good, uh, Chris and Nancy have a good pet peeve. I think it was actually Nancy's pet peeve. I think it's both of them. They're sharing a brain today. <laughs> it's. I think it's. Anybody who is decent and 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 righteous in the world, this is their pet peeve. So, guys, tell us your pet peeve. <laughs> it's definitely one that we share. It's uh, people who text and drive and are not paying attention. And I think the reason why it came up so readily today is because it uh, it happened to me on the way to get coffee this morning three times. <laughs> I almost collided with somebody who is texting and driving. Oh, it's like when they're when they're all of a sudden they're at a stoplight and the light's green. Everybody else is gone except for the driver in front of you because they feel as though whatever they're reading on their phone is more important than them actually driving. Or all of a sudden they're in your lane, not knowingly, because they're not even looking at the road and you're like, holy cow. I, I think we could all relate to that one. Except for the people who are actually texting and no, driving. No, because they, they, the people that are texting and driving think they can, think that they're these Great drivers with the sixth sense that they have an eye in the middle of their forehead while the other two are looking down at their phone. I don't know what what goes through their brain, but yeah, it's horrible. It is. It's, so it's thank- like akin to you ever seen somebody that's actually reading a book while they're driving? We've seen people actually like reading that. the newspaper during yeah, rush hour. We, we used to know yeah. somebody who uh, who used to read all the time when she was driving. All the time. Yeah. Like, not directions. While we were in the car, too, a couple of times. Yeah. We, we put a stop to that right away. That's right. 
We don't see her much anymore. No. Yeah, because we like our lives. <laughs> it's frightening. Oh, it is. Goodness. It is. So to all you frightening drivers out there, just stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> and I'd like to thank Nancy and Chris for being on our show today at Memory Web, and that's memoryweb.me. So Memory yeah. Web me. You can uh, get it in the App Store. You can get and, it in the uh, App Store. Catherine and Barry, you guys are awesome. Thanks for having us. Oh, and thank us. you. That's so sweet. So all of the contact information, memoryweb.me, nancy at memoryweb.me, all that fun stuff is going to be on the show notes. So take a look at that. I think everybody's got some sort of pictures. I know. We got a picture of them. No, no, no. Some sort of pictures uh, that they need to put up on Memory Web. I of know. Course. Well, what, have you seen my parents' attic? So this is a true story, and I don't usually end with this. Um, you know, it's usually the wrap-up. But anyway, so um, my in-laws are a little bit of pack rats, um, and they uh, they have this crawl space in, in one of the rooms, and they asked us to help them clean it out, which they eventually did. But when we started the process, there were pictures, so many pictures, none of them marked, just piles and piles of pictures where, and this was hysterical, my father-in-law would go, oh, Isabel. That's my mother-in-law. Isn't this your like your mother's cousin or something? And my mother-in-law would look at it and go, "No, Larry, that's this this person is on your side of the family." So, get onto Memory Web, scan those pictures, get them in, put little notes before you lose your mind and any memory of who the picture is of. And guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. It was fantastic fun. Much appreciated on the Nancy's Right episode. That's right. All right. (laughs) And it was our pleasure, guys. And to our listeners, we'll catch you all next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. We want to thank you again for listening. Be sure to go to iTunes to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, and review it. And if you have any suggestions, just email us directly, together at together247.net. Check us out on our website at together247.net slash resources for some great ideas, resources, and offers for your business. And don't forget to click on our sponsors' links as well. Do you own a business with your sweetheart? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at guests at together247.net. And don't forget, we have a new episode every Monday and every Thursday. So go ahead and subscribe and keep on listening.